do I need, why do I need mesh see-through underpants? <laughs> That's like an accident out of Fast and Furious. <laughs> Talk, we were talking to, what's his name? He was called Vladimir or something, wasn't he? But he wasn't. It wasn't called Vladimir. No, it was something called, um, da, da, no. Dear everyone, I officially apologise for the criteria upon which we no, tested. No, just, just leave it open-ended. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pro Detailer Magazine podcast number three. Today, we have some interesting topics we're going to be talking about. We're joined by the team. We have James to my right. Hello. We have Ian to my left. And also to James's right. And also to James's right. Um, today, we are going to be talking about steam disinfection uh, and about UV disinfection when it comes to battling the COVID-19 problem that we have. The COVIDs. The COVIDs. After that, we're going to strike into a summer product special and talk about quick detailers. And we've got an awful lot to talk about quick detailers. They're something that uh, many of us will use most during the summer. We're going to then pop into our little car news section, reference detailing and describe the most recent substantial detailing mission that we've had, which will be fun. And then also we're going to talk about some of the topics that we are covering in issue 11 of the Pro Detailer magazine, which is coming out in the not too far distant in July, uh, round about when Waxstock would have been if it wasn't so sadly cancelled. Um, so let's kick off. As always, we're going to turn to our in-house expert, James, to tell us about steam disinfection. Who labelled me that? I did. That was a terrible mistake. Yeah, yeah you haven't heard what I'm the in-house expert for yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't broadcast you got, that, you got the, I told you. got you. a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen... I mean, it, we sort of... We, we talk about this with a bit of... What's the word? Angst these days. Yes. What sort of it's a slight eyebrow roll. Yeah. Yeah. The eye roll. The world yeah, like face roll. roll. It it's really, really difficult. We, we have to kind of keep it serious because obviously it's deadly serious. And at the same time, we don't want to make it boring. So it's really difficult to ingest humour into this sort of a topic. That's the problem. I could whistle the, uh, the gladiators theme. Gladiators? It, it, gladiators it sound like the archers. No, that it sounded like the clown car. Yeah. Yes. And, and that bit of music is something, something gladiators. And that lightens the mood for talking about a world pandemic that's killed literally hundreds of thousands of people. Well, it's better than having the death march on in the background. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> Let's try it. <laughs> yeah, we've seen... We've, we've been monitoring Facebook. I think most people have over the last few weeks. I think that's the only thing that we've been able to do. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some eye-opening services being offered. Is that how you describe them? Uh, uh, optometrists. Gut-wrenching, more like. Yeah, Gut-wrenching, yeah. Um, obviously, we're talking about the guaranteed removal of mm. COVID-19. The COVID clean. Yeah, and I think it's there's definitely time, well, there's definitely room at the moment to make money, for sure. Um, I, ima I imagine a lot of these are being offered with, in theory, the best of intentions. <laughs> the, the knowledge in the background. Well, you say that. It's still some... I'd that... like to imagine. Yeah. yeah. You know how optimistic I am about <laughs> yeah. people in life. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Happy that, that, that nobody... That's the joke of the day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's... Um, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, there are, there are people out there that are desperately trying to do the best thing for their customers. Um, but the problem is the information is varied or overlooked. Um, but luckily, we exist. So, exactly. Said yeah. no one ever. Yes, <laughs> so 
So steam, disinfection, sterilization, virus removal, um, it's one of the most advertised services, I think, at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, we sort of, I wouldn't say we myth-busted it, but we certainly ousted it. Pointed a, out the flaws. Yeah, we certainly ousted it as a possible misconception right early on at the beginning uh, within PVD. Um, there is evidence that STEAM can successfully break down COVID-19 and remove it from surfaces. But the guys that are offering the service are using steamers that are... I mean, how much is a Karsha? Uh, what sort of the SCs are about 100, 150 quid? 150 right? quid. So with the guys using steamers are about 150 quid. How much do you think a commercial sanitization steam cleaner costs? You're looking in the region of about £4,000, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I think the cheapest I found was 3,200 quid. Yeah. Plus the dreaded. Um, and how do you use that? That's the other thing is you can steam. If you had a perfect metal, unpainted surface that was perfectly flat and you had all the time in the world to steam that, and obviously being metal it wouldn't be as easily damaged, then that's fine. However, when you're dealing with polymers and plastics and fabrics and leathers and all sorts of different multifarious surfaces with varying levels of porosity, 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 there we go, and um, different textures and all sorts of things like that with lots of like panel gaps and dark spaces that you can't fit anything in, um, the chances of, of getting the correct level of exposure for the correct amount of time without causing damage is nil. And with the pressure behind it, without just blowing it off onto another surface before the heat's had a chance to do its job. Mm. So the, we've, we've all seen the videos of, you know, these European detailers and English detailers, British detailers, steaming interiors. You know, it's... It's, 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 it's sort of it's age-old like video. It's like that scene on the Titanic where, the, is, where like the, the hand hits and just slowly drags down the inside <laughs> of that. It's, it's like the start of stars in their eyes. <laughs> you know, you see them in there and they're waving the wand around. There's steam everywhere. It's coming out of the air vents and they're blowing it down the air vents. They're, they're soaking all the interior switch gear. <laughs> yes, the polyfill they, are nice and damp. Yeah, yeah all over the Good old touchscreen clean. Get that mildew growing. Yeah. That doesn't work. So, what, I tell you what, let, let's, let's quote the CDC, shall we? Ooh. Let's quote the CDC. So, for, now, the, there's some things to understand about this. So, we've talked about temperatures and we've talked about exposure limits and things like that. What we haven't spoken about is the environment that steam is used in. Mm -hmm. So, for medical sterilization, it needs to have a dryness function of equal to or higher than... 97%. What is that? So a dryness faction is the amount of moisture per volumetric measure of steam, which basically means that it has to be 3% or less water. Now, I know for a fact that the home cleaners are nowhere near. Nowhere near at all. If you in fact, look at the amount of water, damp, if you get it exactly onto your, that. your skin. Yeah. So we're talking about a high pressure virtually dry steam here that needs to be used. Basically, it's superheated water. Yeah, to the point where it's, well, you know, steam. It's steam, but it's almost beyond steam. It's sort which of, is about, yeah. what, 165 degrees, is it? So the, the, the next figures, so for a gravity displacement sterilising machine, it needs to be 121 degrees Celsius, which is 250 degrees Fahrenheit, constantly for 30 minutes. 
which is unattainable in any domestic machine. And the amount of watts a professional machine was going to use is ridiculous to achieve that. So just to put it into perspective, can you imagine getting the whole interior of a car to 120 degrees with less than 3% water for 30 minutes solid? Can I just say, I used to have a G-Reg Fiesta, <laughs> and the heaters on that were impeccable. And, I, you know, I'd get in there, wet feet, and <laughs> five minutes, dry as a boat. 121 degrees. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't measure it, but it can't have been far Was off. it HCS engine? <laughs> no. Uh, no. 1.3? 1.4. It kind of and it was a gear CVH. as well. So. CVH. Yeah, I about to say CVH. And I didn't lose yeah. any of the heat through the windscreen because the windscreen was also heated, just saying. Really? How long ago was that? G-Reg? Yeah, G-Reg. Ford had the passant. Yeah, quick clear windscreens. Weren't I had an Emirage Fiesta with the CVH one point three quartz. No, it was was it, it was a gear. It Did had it have electric windows. No, it wasn't a gear then. It had Somebody gear stickers a, on it. Ah, uh, you had gear stickers. It was bright red. It might have had electric windows, but I don't remember them, or they didn't work. That's also possible. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of like that. To, back to steaming. For back to steaming and saving <laughs> lives. Yep. We'll come so back yeah, to the a, a, later. A, a, a gravity di- displacement sterilization unit. I, I'm not really sure what that is. No, no. I, but uh, it doesn't sound like a vehicle. We need, we need um, a trekkie to know what that is. And then the next temperature rating is 132 degrees Celsius, which is 270 degrees Fahrenheit. Same uh, dryness faction for four minutes in a pre-vacuum autoclave. Now, we know what an autoclave is because we're all nerds. How are you going to get the inside of a vehicle to behave like an autoclave? Well, it ain't going to happen. If you're using that heat on most surfaces on the interior of a car, it's going to melt or catch fire. So well, this is the issue. You know, you, I mean, we, we do a lot of work with Color Lock. We do a lot of work with Ram. And, and we've, when we're at Color Lock in, in Germany, we know how fragile the surface of, of automotive leather can be. Mm-hmm. Then consider that most of the inside of cars these days is plastic anyway. Yes, and, and hell, the surface of most leather is plastic too, polyurethane. Yeah. Then you've got the soft touch stuff they use on BWs, oh, which. Can you imagine that? Does, can you imagine putting a sneeze, let alone. I think if you got the steamer out of the box, <laughs> it would get out of the car and walk back to Wolfsburg. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that a general point of view, using steam on a vehicle interior, in normal circumstances is great. If used correctly on the right surfaces, yeah. yeah. It can disinfect, it can do high touch areas, it's great. For it to actually remove COVID 19, we're looking at impossible circumstances yeah it's way above and beyond what we can expect out of these home machines so the other thing that people that's come up recently i mean there are other other systems as particularly spray on chemicals there are fogging machines now that are claiming to do this and, and also this is an, another point before we move on to the the next big topic um is that just because a manufacturer claims that their product or their chemical or their piece of equipment in a lab can kill enveloped viruses similar to covid19 is not a guarantee that you can then pass on that your use of said product or piece of equipment will kill COVID-19 in a customer car um, and that goes including for the, for the fogging machines which people are saying well guaranteed to kill 100% yes in a confined space if it's had X amount of exposure but you can't guarantee that exposure with a fogger however intense you make it however the other option is UV and just returning to our newly christened uh, in-house expert James has got some interesting facts to tell us about UV light and its application in the role of virus destroyer or not, as the case may be. But um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've we've um, 
I think it was two weeks ago, we saw a detailer that was waving a hand lamp around yes. the inside of a vehicle. The sort that you used to sus- see if money was is genuine or not. Yeah, it looks suspiciously like one of those... Uh, it was, like the, was it? it was like the bomb detectors we sold to Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> Basically divining rods. Quite a lot of false positives, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like a hand lamp, like the mm. ones that ring make to... Yeah, so, so I, I, I have... engine bays. I have one that I take to shows to make sure I'm not being given funny money by dodgy geezers who are trying to buy car polish or magazines or whatever back in the day. And, and to check the duvets in the hotel. I don't need a when light to know what's in well, there. Just, just after you've left. <laughs> More for everyone else's benefit. <laughs> But again, I mean, it's, the problem is it's so difficult when there's media that are saying, oh, not necessarily media, but when there are important people out there mm-hmm. saying, oh, you know, swallow some UV lamps. That'll work. Yeah. Breathe in some bulbs. <laughs> That'll help your lungs. Or inject some bleach. Yeah. I Don't, but, you know. Maybe. No, really don't. Maybe. Not even death not, not saying it won't work. <laughs> not saying it will work. It might, yeah. Could work. Could work. Um, you know, UV light is commonly used in a medical environment. Yes. However, and in a hairdressing one as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but there are some crazy um, figures in play that needs to be considered, and that's the the first thing is how many versions of UV light there are. Yes, and we came across this briefly in Mega Test when we were doing the wax test because the artificial weathering machine had different bulbs for UVA and UVB. And then when you're using sun cream, you'll see that on the side it'll say protects you from UVA and UVB. However, there's something called UVC. Yes, which is a shopping channel. No, that's QVC. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Isn't that what pipes are made out of? No, that's PVC. I thought it was Gimsuit. I don't know. know. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so UVC is short wavelength ultraviolet light. Um, Specifically, the measurement needed um, for COVID 19. Again, this is where it gets sticky because the figures that are out there are for SARS SARS COVID 2. Yes. So, as we mentioned in the previous podcasts, the information isn't actually there just yet for COVID-19. However... Well, we don't know. The thing is, it, it, we're assuming that COVID is like a Porsche 911, that you can go through a 50 generations and it doesn't change a jot. But it could be like the software that underpins the wonderful EJ20 Super Engine that evolves and develops to such a great level that the 19th iteration is very different from the second. How did you get from Porsche to Subaru? Uh, by increasing quality. I say it's normally for a ditch. <laughs> Or a lottery win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so UVA, UVB, UVC. UVC is specifically short wavelength, ultraviolet light. Which is higher frequency, higher energy. Well, this is where it gets even trickier. Because you can have UVC with a low, no, high frequency, short wavelength. Yeah. But it varies in power. So not all UVC is the same strength. Is that to do with amplitude? I'm just thinking on the electromagnetic yeah. spectrum, it's to yeah, do with the, the amplitude. amplitude of the wavelength, yes. of the wave. Same reason that for some of these um, UVQ clear coats, you have to have a very specific wavelength to allow them to cure properly, otherwise it just doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. And so um, the for SARS-CoV-2, the, way, the recommended wavelength is 254 nanometers. 
which means absolutely nothing to me. It's a small number, but that's the number that you need. Do you know that your UV lamp from Wish is giving you 254 nanometers of UVC light? I don't know. I'm still in month three of waiting for it to arrive. It's okay, so it will come with a hunting knife as well. <laughs> Everything on Wish. <laughs> if all, goes wrong. all see-through mesh underpants, because that's what I seem to be getting advertised. Because <laughs> that's what you ordered off Wish. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've only ever bought, like... Totoro things off with your, <laughs> you know, stupid LEDs and, and bought Volkswagen parts that just shows you need, male bondage gear. Why do I need mesh see-through underpants? <laughs> Maybe I don't. Maybe, I mean, when, I when you find the answer, please don't let me know. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't need them. Maybe I do. Now I'm doing Maybe it myself. Yeah. So, so you can do, go semi-naked fishing. I don't know. Maybe. Like so tra- you're trawling with underwear. I get incontinence pants advertised at me now. It went from quite hardcore sexual equipment to, to now uh, essentially waterproofing old <laughs> to people. To be fair, incontinence pants are very hardcore sexual equipment. <laughs> <laughs> they, they make copulation harder. Anyway. But they, so the, the, the biggest alarm bell, really, is when we looked at the difference between the energy required to kill COVID-19 in a laboratory test mm-hmm. was 10 to 20 millijoules per centimetre squared, which doesn't sound like an awful lot. It's probably quite achievable with a product that you can buy on the market. Like a hammer? Yeah, or a UVC light. Or a UVC light, yeah. Um, or topical. Now, there was a big caveat under what we read, which said the dosage values are different in real-life terms and environmental terms. So if we say it was 10 to 20 millijoules in lab tests, in real life, they're saying it needs to be 1,000 to 3,000 millijoules. Which That's are- 300 times stronger... It is, and if you imagine light, like so many things in life, decreases exponentially, or the energy, the power, the, the energy transfer exponentially uh, with distance. So even if you're one centimetre away, you're going to be losing considerably more yeah. uh, energy than, than you would imagine. And I don't know if it's affected if you're doing it outside, if you're doing it inside, if you're doing it in the dark. Mm-hmm. There are so many different factors. To offer virus removal by waving around a hand lamp in a vehicle that you've just hoovered and... Squirted G101 all over. It's smoke and mirrors. Unless you yeah. use that hand lamp to physically beat the virus <laughs> yeah. into submission. Shame. 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 So, yeah, I mean, there's the stats. There's, the, there's, there's my uh, boring stats for the day. So as far as advertising these services virus removal goes, unless you're spending five grand on equipment, I don't think... You're going to be doing it. And even if you are, uh, again, if you're tempted to, to invest at this point in some equipment, which might be wise given that this is unlikely to be the last pandemic and stuff like that, um, do take with a pinch of salt any manufacturer claims unless you can find third-party independent evidence and then you can back up that evidence by making sure it's a genuine third party and not just another company owned by the former company, which I've now seen. So um, do keep an eye out for that sort of thing and always be cynical. It's potentially people's lives we're playing with here. You have to to check, double check and triple check. So, 
So with that joyful topic over, um, I want to turn to quick detailers because the summer is coming. We're already getting a bit of heat and sunshine, which is lovely. And uh, the one thing that we like to do, is, particularly at the moment because we're getting a bit of dust coming through, I don't know if it's volcanic dust, but it is dust of some description. And quick detailers are essential for that sort of thing. Now, this is where James, when we met probably two years ago, what? Volcanic dust. I thought you said it was volcanic dust that was coming down. I said down. it was Saharan. Saharan. Well, Saharan. Icelandic dust. I'm thinking of Icelandic dust. Okay, well. They're so very similar, Iceland and the Sahara. No, Iceland. There's one, an Iceland one's a shop s- that sells frozen food. I was about to say it's in Swindon. It's raining one is prawn t- rings again. And one is a terrible larder Riva 4x4. <laughs> oh, I like those. Oh. I really like those. Look at the shop. Larder Riva. Yeah, I love the larder Riva. Was it a Riva or a Neva? Neva. Was it a cost? A little four by four thingy. Yeah, a little four yeah. by four thing, Medigals, and it's so, got a proper transfer. I saw those in Germany when we went to see uh, when we went to see oh. Flex. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, no, they're very cool indeed. They are strong. Yes. Sorry, they're S- tough. Strong. Very strong. Strong. Donk donk donk. Strong muscles. Well, strong like together. Strange enough, a friend of mine was working in Russia three years ago, and he was given a brand new one three years ago, and it took him nine months to write it off. From driving through fields at high speed, and he has destroyed hire cars in three days. That so is one long accident. That, <laughs> that's yeah. like an accident out of Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, not this far car's off. been rolling for three hours. <laughs> yes. Michael Bay presents <laughs> lens flare everywhere. <laughs> well, oh, that's Jay, That's Abrams, isn't it? Yeah, he is called Len though. Um, lens flares. <laughs> that's a different series. So anyway. Um, uh, I can't remember where the hell we well, got we were to. we talking about oh, volcanic dust. Getting dust off quick cars with quick detailers. So anyway, quick detailers. James and I had a little <clears throat> issue. So what you'll find is in issue three of the Pro Detailer magazine, which you would find if we had any copies, but we don't because they've all sold out. We tested 72 quick detailers. And in order to get through them, because we had a mixture of things that were quite close to a quick, to really to a spray sealant, uh, to ones that were really focusing on gloss enhancement, to ones that were really focusing on basically waterless washing or rinseless washing, should we say. Um, um, so we subdivided the categories and he felt that various products were unfairly divided off into a category and the criteria upon which they were then subsequently tested um, and uh, provided a, a mediocre uh, performance. It was totally unfair on some products, basically. Well, what is a quick de- what is a quick detailer? Well, see, I've got five quick detailers because Why? because I've got Cochimi FSE because that's really good at water spot removal, and I use it as right, a drying so aid. You use a water spot remover. Well, no, I use it as a drying aid actually, and so I go around with Cochimi to get rid of the watermarks that always appear on a big black Audi in the sunshine. Not that you should be washing the sunshine, but strange enough, I don't have a garage big enough for it. Right now, the water down here is basically a pack of chalk. Yes, that too. Yeah, no, we 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 have it tough in Wiltshire. Well, what's what's the main purpose of a quick detailer? I find to remove very loose dirt um, safely out in the field, but others might say it's for last-minute gloss enhancement and other people might say it's for last-minute protection. Okay. So if that's what a quick detailer is, then in theory, a quick detailer should do all of those things, yeah? Yes. Right. This is where the argument starts in. Yes. Because if you're then getting a quick detail and dividing them into groups, yes. all of a the sudden, they're no longer a quick detailer. They are more specific to something else. They're a quick sealant or they're a water spot remover. But that's based on Birch requirements for a quick detailer. But in general, 
you'd want a quick detailer to cover all. Because the idea of a quick detailer is to quickly detail a car. Well, it depends if you're still of the the age of like where you use quick detailers for clay loop before dedicated clay loops were a thing. Yeah, and, and, and would you advice use a quick detailer along with your, your um do you, do you your want, white McGuire's clay bar? Do you want something that's a jack of all or the master of a few? I don't mind having three different products. And and strangely, in, in, in detailing, there are so many different products they say you have to have. And the only category in which I think that's true where you generally do benefit from having three different quick detailers is for the three different elements of them. I prefer to have a really good water spot drying aid. I'd prefer to have a really good gloss enhancer. I'd prefer to have a really good spray sealant. And chances are one of those features is going to knock out the others to a certain extent. Yeah, and that's exactly what we found is that the, okay. the spray sealanty ones weren't particularly brilliant at cleaning. So here's the question. Would you be better off having, out of your five quick detailers, would you be better off having a water spot remover... One spray sealant, one quick detailer, one clay loop, and what was the other thing? And one drying aid. Not if you're going to keep them in your glove box. Yeah, but Bert said he's got five. I don't keep them in the glove box. Yeah, I've got five different ones that I use in slightly different circumstances. So my argument is, would you not be better having five of the qualities that are in each of those? Would you not be better having specific products like... Uh, was it Chemical Guys recently that, that everybody's raving about their new water spot remover gel? I think it is, yeah. yeah. So have a water spot remover, have a spray sealant. Instead of trying to combine them all into one, would you not have been better to have a quick detailer that did what a quick detailer was supposed to do, which is basically... A sh- I think there were show shines, weren't they? Showroom shines. Was it some of them? So show some show of them shines to remove fingerprints and like yeah, and that's. And that's what a quick detailer always yeah. was. Yeah. The problem is now they've been so reappropriated to become yes. so many other things. I mean, yeah. ceramic quick detailers. We've got, you know, we've got polymer. It's, well, the, it's the bits of pot that come out when you're when you're trying to wipe down your car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a mug. Ceramic can shatter your paintwork. Well, it's not going to ceramic. Yeah. Well, my car's got matte white. Okay, well, look, you, you, anyway. you're, you're going to beat me up forever and ever, and I, 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 and the problem is that I kind of agree with you in retrospect, so I'm backing down and, and formally apologising. Um, <laughs> so, so that's good, and it might not keep just to quiet. us, to everyone, to everyone. Okay, dear everyone, I officially apologise for the criteria upon which we no, tested. No, just, the... just leave it open ended. Okay, <laughs> I'm just sorry. <laughs> we can just reuse it as we need it. Then. <laughs> okay, that reminds me actually. Do you remember the uh, when we saw that video the other week of a detail that had six different shampoos? Uh, I can't, but I can't remember what happened this morning, to be honest. I'm not even sure if I've had my monthly movement today, which was booked. <laughs> yeah, we saw a decent that had six different shampoos. Did he, he make his he own gave, cocktail? Oh, yes, I do gave, remember that He gave now. good reason as to why. Yes. And I'm not denying it, but six shampoos. Well, because I had the, the my, I, I do, I can just about cope with color charged wax, just about cope with that because it's leaving something behind. But they had color charged shampoos, then they had acidic shampoo, alkali shampoo, pH neutral shampoo, gloss enhancing shampoo, non gloss enhancing shampoo, and I sit there thinking this man must have a big shelf. It was the dark car shampoo. That was the one that made me. Yeah. I, I don't guffaw a lot, but I guffawed like a banshee at that I point. mean, if you consider that most companies sell their shampoos on how good the dilution is, how much of the colour enhancing is actually left if it's, if it's good yeah. at dilution? But you could say that the gloss enhancers are left behind on protection wash and wax shampoos, which obviously no real yeah. protection at all, but yeah. that does leave something behind. Would it affect a dark car differently? Uh, personally... I don't think so. 
But apparently on the color charge waxes, somebody did a uh, color shift test on it and they found that it did have an impact. But then we also found in the mega test that clear waxes had an impact on, on with the color shift meter we did at Autoglim. Yeah. And, and they weren't claiming any, any color changing properties whatsoever. So I'm still cynical about those, but not to the same extent that I'm cynical about color changing shampoos. If you put a ceramic on a car, it shifts the color. Or it certainly enhances the color. It changes it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it changes well, yeah, refractive. Yeah, quick, quick detailers. I mean, it, <laughs> for me, I'm very. This is one of my sort of annoyances. You know, it is. Okay, so so James, who wants a quick detailer that will do your interpretation of that? What I is your? It. So for me, yeah, the ideal, my ideal, quick detailer would just be something that can degrease lightly, and perhaps leave. <laughs> A light something on the surface. Okay, so what is your favourite quick detailer? I don't think I have one anymore. ONR. Okay. No. A premix bottle of ONR. No. For, for what you're for what you're for looking me, for, it to, for no. you're looking for it to do. But yeah, but I, ONR I don't, covers those bases. I don't, I don't think cheap. I don't think I have one anymore because they've become so clouded. And that's why I my, have three. I'll tell you what my old favourite used to be. The before quick detailer were even a thing, Autoglim used to do a showroom shine in, a, in an aerosol and it was basically pledge <laughs> and it really was yeah. it was basically pledge but if used correctly i.e. sprayed onto a clean microfiber and then dusted over the surface it was great mm -hmm. because that's all it needed to do it had a slightly greaser in it and it left a little bit of something behind the problem is now is like you've just said mm -hmm. they they're all doing so much uh, yeah, they all try. I mean, the, the, so my response to that question is that I need three, and I've got Mikochami FSE for the for the water spots. I've got Madodo Juice Basics of Blink because it's dirt cheap. You can buy it in concentrate, and it's really good at the kind of the cleaning general use out in a field sort of application. And then I really like the Bright Max, and I'm trying to remember desperately what it's called. I think it's called something like Squirt and Shine or something like that. You know what? I'll take that back. We have used two quick detailers recently. And one of them I was extremely impressed by. And that was um, the Kenetech one. The oh, yeah, no, the show, the, that orange showroom shine one. Yeah, which is what they made their name on. A lot of people, we were talking to, what's his name? He was called Vladimir or something, wasn't he? But he wasn't. It wasn't called Vladimir. But. No, it was something called, um, da, da, no. Anyway, the kind of classic, um, oh, this is really going to get on my goat now. Anyway. What his name was. Anyway, yeah, no, he was a really nice chap from Belgium. And he, uh, um, huh? Dominic, was it? No, it was a, it was foreign sounding, um, but he said that this product was um, the uh, the one that in the UK market he basically UK sales rep going around and he said that it's the only one that people had heard of, but loads of people have heard of it, and it's the only Kenatech product from I suppose before Kenatech came on my radar about a year ago that I'd ever heard of, and since I've used it and I really liked it, I haven't used it side by side with other ones. Dimitri, he's called Dimitri. Dimitri. There we go. What was the kit we were sent through around Christmas as well? They did Ultra Glass, and I don't think it was... Was it Turtle Wax that we, did two 
products we were actually really impressed with that was the, as well it was the turtle wax ceramic it was a hybrid yeah. solutions hybrid, right. hybrid solutions yeah. that was it because we used it for the porsche box to shoot yes with yes. the equipment shoot yeah and that, that did a nice job yeah, I mean, it did out of, out of those two actually the, the ultra glass was pretty fantastic i thought and, but, yeah but do you think that's because it was quite a simple product he wasn't trying to do too many things well that's what i like about the dodo juice product is it is quite a simple product but the other thing is heat if you're using it in we were doing it in a fairly chilly december or it November, it was fairly chilly. Um, I got the heaters working at that point, hadn't you? Well, they're very little heaters, and I, I like it cold anyway. It, it reminds me of my life. And so, um, the uh, yes, you know, it wasn't a big test. The test is when you've got a black car in a hot field being surrounded by people and, and having... It sounds like a dogging advert. It does, doesn't it? And when you're having to have a bit of a squirt and a bit of a wipe over your body work... Hang on a minute. Um, ...in a field, and, and that's I'm when... leave you alone for a minute. Yeah, well, you, the problem is residue. That's what I find. Is, that if is there a way of, like... Audio. How do you delete somebody else's podcast? Can we audio? <laughs> can we audio place a Brazzers logo in? <laughs> it's just my turn of phrase. Anyway, um, so that's why I, I I stick to some quite old products. I mean, the Brightmax one's been around for a good few years. Dodo's been around for a thousand years, um, and Kochimi in Germany has been around a long time. Even though if it only landed with us in maybe 2015, 2016. There is one other that I'd like to spend a bit more time with, and that's Sonax. BSD, BSD yes. brilliant shine detailer, which is a Euro car parts Absolutely staple. Not something that Swissfax have ever used. It's definitely not low to speed. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not low to speed. At a slightly cheaper price, more affordable. Available De- definitely not. Low no, no, definitely not. But it was similar. Anyway, <laughs> liability is definitely on Bert on this one. Um, is it? What? No, I haven't said anything wrong. I'm just a volunteer. I don't actually work anywhere. <laughs> um, the yeah, that seems to get super high ratings from all the detailers, and it's like two for eight quid. It is. See, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I I didn't get totally on with it. Everybody was raving about it. I got some, and I. It was fine, but it didn't. It, I don't know. The first time you used a bit of me and and that for me was was an eye opener, and how it just caressed those watermarks as long as they're fairly recent. It doesn't work if you come back the next day. But to be fair, I have noticed that BSD doesn't actually work as well on a waxed surface. Hmm. On a, on a, well, here's, a here's another thing as well. The um, a lot of quick detailers contain spirit, as mm-hmm. in um, something solventy. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's the um, the? It's escaped me. Ethanol. No, the additive for glass cleaners, acetic acid. Acetic, yeah. So a lot of quick detailers have acetic acid in, hence why they smell a little bit vinegary, and they're good on water spots because you need to be acidic for water spots. But they'll strip wax. Now, this yeah. is one of the funniest things, is you find wax suppliers that sell a very good quick detailer that removes their own wax. Wasn't there a point of contention that there was somebody got in trouble for that and they said that their quick detailer was wax safe and then they found that it wasn't? Well, oh, I, so there was a product made by a large brand that uses turquoise containers. Right. I mean, it was the name of an orangey fizzy drink. And it was originally called sham wax right. because it was designed to put a capsule in the bucket of chamois leathers. As you dried the car, it left it hydrophobic. Mm-hmm. It was then re- renamed to that orange fizzy drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in, it was incredible. At We used to use it for classic cars on engine base because it was a, an incredible degreaser and it left something behind. Mm-hmm. It was so heavy with solvent, it would strip any protection off the car, bar ceramics, mm-hmm. 
um, but it would leave something behind making you believe that all, all was good. I see. Yes, that was it. Um, but it was like etching nitrocellulose paint and stuff. <laughs> um, and that was sold as a quick detailer or a showroom. Yeah, square and white. Yeah. No. Orangina, isn't it? <laughs> Orange. So you, have to, you have to shake it before you use it. Careful, it? careful. We get grumpy people coming down from Stoke on Trent with sticks. Um, so um, I didn't say no. You no, not them. Not them. Not them. Oh, really? Yeah, not them. Not them. But oh, okay. I like that you've sort of diverted everybody. So that's yeah, fine. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely not them. It's not them. It's the not them. God, I love subterfuge. Um, so. That's that's some interesting information on that. Um, but yeah, ceramic quick detailers, load of nonsense. You can't physically put ceramic in a quick detailer. They're SIO to infused quick detailers, which adds slip. It can add a bit of longevity to it. But yeah. you, you can you can put ceramic into a quick detailer. It's just a really bad idea. Well, no, it doesn't mean just because it says it's a ceramic quick detailer doesn't mean it's a bad product. But it doesn't mean that it's a good product. That's the uh, I think the takeaway. It might be a fantastic product. Yeah, but it'll be a fantastic product because it contains long chain polymers, not because it's got ceramic in it. Yeah, it'll be and a fantastic selling product because it says uh, ceramic yeah, on the bottle. Story. It is indeed. So. Before we get too many lawsuits after us, going into car detailing news from us three, and I'm going to kick this one off. Um, and the question is, what have we done recently on kind of, ex- not, I'm not going to call it extreme detailing, although my story is pretty heroic, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Boris, the Subaru Outback, uh, needed the engine bay cleaning, so I took the engine out. And That's not true. That's not true. On what specifically are we identifying? Well, the engine Who took out. the engine out? Yeah, the, the engine. Well, Kevin come. took the engine out. And why did he take the engine out? Because I needed to clean the engine bay. That's not true. Well, it is. I mean, it might not be the whole truth. It might it's be that the engine needed true. rebuilding too. But also the subframe appeared very holy, like the Pope, but more iron oxide holy. And uh, yeah, that the, needed the replacing. The came out because when you went to Austria in it, Yes, Switzerland, both. It was at about twenty-five horsepower at the top of the peaks. Yeah, we took it up to nine thousand three hundred foot, and it wouldn't shift out of second gear without dying. But in my defence, I had all my toolkit, all my camera kit. Um, Steve, which was the spare wheel, but because I put huge AT tires on, wouldn't fit in the spare wheel well, so we had to strap it into the back seat. And I acknowledged him at customs on the way back, and the French had no sense of humour about it whatsoever. When I said, "Is it just two of you?" and I said, "No, there's Steve in the back there," and he got very confused and started swabbing me for drugs. But that's a different story altogether. So, yeah, is, is that a bit like when you started talking about bombs and drugs when we were at Calais? Yes, I always do. I get Why? because I panic at customs. And well, if so, you're panicking, don't mention the T word, the D word, or the B word. No, it's 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 subterfuge because if I'm making a joke about he's a terrorist, and and in in fairness, I did it first with Matt, our photographer, who's got a massive ginger beard, always wears a thing, and does look a bit a bit bomby. And so I said, you know, it was I've, sorry, I didn't mean bomby, I meant broomy. And um, <laughs> is that any better? And, and I, I think did, that's worse at customs, isn't it? Well, I anything th- to declare? Well, not really, mate. Well, I feel a little bit under the weather, actually. <laughs> well, they asked if I had any illegal drugs, and I said, no, I don't. But he is from Birmingham, so you know. And twenty minutes later, Matt came back, and he wouldn't talk to me all the way to to. to He's walking funny. He had a smile on his face. He always least. walks funny. He did have a big smile on his face. He's he's oh, such a happy I man. Made his trip. Yeah. Hi, Matt. <laughs> hey, dude. How you doing? 
I'm still sorry. Not sorry. So anyway, sorry. so anyway, yes. the engine was taken out because it was in bits. No, the engine was all in one piece. It just didn't have much. You know, the suck, squeeze, bang, blow. It was just blow, 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 blow. <laughs> pretty much. Like yeah. all Subarus do. Shut up. And um, you're saying all Subarus blow. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, okay, enough of this. Um, well, a few of them suck as well. Well, I learned I learned something quite valuable, and that is that because the Legacy Outback H6 3 liter is uh, it's got supercar origins. It's all about lightweight uh, for uh, you know optimizing acceleration, Vmax, and efficiency. So as a consequence, it would appear they didn't lack the paint in the engine bay. So I pulled out my favorite degreaser, which is Bright Max Grime Out, which I absolutely adore, and I buy it and concentrate, and then I dilute it, and I have a lot of fun with it. The product. It is a good product, although not to be used on some plastic headlights. I found it can accelerate the misting of them if you use it too strong. I'm inside I'm of mini engine bays. Huh? Inside of mini engine bays as well, I think. Oh, okay. Well, it was unlacquered. And I think it was Andy who said he had an issue. Andy had an issue, yeah, back in the years. Yeah, Andy A. Yeah, I'm a G101 man. Yeah, see, but I, I, I'm, I represent more of the, the, the home home homies. amateur detailing. Represent homies. The homies, yes. I'm Rymax homies. I'm glad the you went um, and uh, anyway, and, and basically, if you use it on unlucky paint, it can start taking the paint off. So I learned that lesson. Um, I, I'd repainted the subframe anyway, got that all sorted. And the paint, the engine bay looks gorgeous now. You could literally eat your lunch off it if it wasn't for a race home flat six now nestling in there. Um, Why was that from? Uh, it's the same engine. I just had it skimmed and the compression ratio increased and ported and f- I haven't had it flowed. Um, but oh, anyway. so it's a Fuji heavy industries, industrial six cylinder then. Proper job. Yeah. Well, right, so now you could eat your lunch off of it as well as before you could deep fry some chips in the amount of oil. <laughs> this time, yeah, it hasn't run. <laughs> it has run. Briefly, <laughs> we got it up just to can't stop yet. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a runaway. Problem. It runs great, it just doesn't stop. Yeah, it sounds awesome. But anyway, so yeah, it was it was basically the the uh, where the car is done. There is still a very naughty and illegal pit. So I was literally eye level with my drive shafts or where the drive shafts would be, and with a brush and lots of microfibers. And I really, really enjoyed it. I'm one of the few people who really enjoy doing engine bays. It kind of it gets me gets me fluttery and also I, the, the only problem i've got with engine bases i like to undo things like all the plastic stuff the airbox the intake i'll always take them all out i'll take off the front grill i'll take out the headlights i'll even take wings off i go mental the only problem is i'm not very good at putting those things back on so in the past i have unclipped in my old 306 i took the ecu out which is top right hand side on the 306 and then bent pins trying to put it back in again and it wouldn't start and it was a bad end to a long weekend so, it was a bad end to that car from all, on all accounts, really. Well, the worst end for that car was was hitting the tree at 65 miles an hour. Oh, I thought we were talking about the other one that no, uh, the, your the best other... friends ruined. Yeah. No, that no, he wasn't my best friend. That was that was a guy who all beings. Oh, I see. No, that was oh, oh. I, I, anyway, I, that's that's a, yes. that's an entire podcast. That's on an its entire own. podcast on its own makes me furious. A but certain man who destroyed my car and took my money. I had to use some very heavy, scary looking friends of mine with pickup trucks and Land Rovers to recover it back, and he just taken it all apart and taken all the juicy bits off. Then I had to scrap the car three years later. What and have you been up to in detailing wise? <laughs> Detailing, right? I think the last thing I did on my Audi was rip the driver's seat out and patch a massive hole in it. I say I did it, I got rammed to do it when he came over. <laughs> so, as much as I've been leather repairing for quite a long time, I thought, well, let's just step back and watch how someone does it properly. Was that before or after you did the engine seals? I didn't do the engine seals. No, that, anyway, that was before that. Oh, okay. That was before I did the engine seals and replaced the dual mass. It was great. 
Well, I had some fun with my E34 recently. Mm. Um, it's only got 70,000 miles on it, believe it or not. It's a baby. It is a baby. It's only just run in. So, yeah, I did some uh, engine bay detailing because the uh, E34 has got a glorious M50 B25 nestled in the engine bay. Mine's actually a B20. I'm a liar. It's a B20. It's a two-litre. It's um, a six-cylinder, though. Six-cylinder, yeah, two-litre. Yeah, it's a six-pot. Yeah. Nice yeah. and revvy. Not very talky. of the old Mazda 323F that had a 1.8-litre V6, which I thought was kind of cool. But yours is you'll, straight You'll six. never see a V6 in my ownership. No, you're Ever. very. you're a bit of a V6 snob, aren't you? Six cylinders only ever should be orientated in one direction. Yes, flat. No, front to back, in line. Balls. I like a flat, a straight six, but a flat six. I'm afraid I'm going to have every single Porsche enthusiast apart from them new age Cayman 718 rubbish four litre flat fours, which is done badly. I've been driving one of those, in fact, a, a, a Boxster non S two litre flat four. It's got about 300 brake out of it. It sounds awful and subaru have been getting more power out of flat fours 10 years ago yet porsche supposedly the greatest company in the world for auto quality and design just bleh. so yeah did some detailing on e34 um i polished the bonnet the bonnet's got really bad etching from leaves from leaves so, yeah so it's had leaves on it they've been wet and then it's been sunny and it's the, the car was on a driveway for two years previously um are you the second owner of the car? I am. The, so I'm the third owner, but the chap who I bought it off purchased it as an approved used in 98 from BMW. So he's had it 22 odd years. Mm. No, he's given it to me to ruin. And how rusty is it underneath? Uh, yeah. uh, have you looked? Uh, no, I, I don't need to look. I am happy in the knowledge that it should be fine. Denial's great, isn't it? Yeah. At least I've never been to more than just a river and evening. <laughs> I have to admit the one one thing I really having bought a lot of Subarus. What if somebody asks me what I like about Outbacks as opposed to normal Legacies? Is that on the pre-purchase inspection I can get my head underneath because of the extra ground clearance and I can see not whether the sills are rusted, just how bad the sills are rusted, and that gives me an idea on how much swearing will be involved in rewelding them up and how much bribery is going to be required at my local MOT station to get it through. Terrible choice in cars. It's not. Yes. When the zombie apocalypse comes and Boris will roar out and it will, it's got bull bars, LED light bars on now, it's got enough ground clearance. I can even run over a fat zombie without risking my rear diff. That's how hardcore it is. Yeah, but it's still an outback. Yeah, proper car. You need a corduroy jacket, a National Trust sticker, and I think probably a membership to a bridge club in Sirens. The world's greatest superhero. Forget Batman, Superman, all of that. It was, of course, Crocodile Dundee. He uh, not only uh, advertised the Outback when it came out, but he was also an Outback owner that he in no way got at a discounted price for his corporate agreement to, to promote it through the Crocodile Dundee freedoms. And he is properly hardcore. I model myself upon him. I'm fairly sure Australia got all the good ones, though. It's, it's got the it's same like, ones. It's like Alfa Romeo. All the, all the good ones went to the Italian police. All the good Subaru Outbacks are in Australia. No, no. All the B-roll factory rejects no, went no, everywhere else. No, no. Mostly to your garage. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no. They're all made in Japan. Unlike a lot of car manufacturers that claim to be Japanese There's or German. There's quite a lot of export from Japan to Australia, though. There is, but the all area. the UK cars are also Japanese. It's not U US DM, so to speak. They have their own factories, but all the scoops that come to the UK, grey or otherwise, are JDM, as in they're made. They're not JDM. They're made in Japan. Yes, and they're from the B bin. They don't have a B bin. They do have a B bin. They do. What's it look like? Well, it's just a bin with Bert written on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ian, issue eleven. Hit us. <laughs> 
with what knowledge? We haven't actually finished writing no, it yet. What have we got coming? What have we got? We uh, have got some guides to photography coming up. I know it's not directly detailed and related, but let's face it, everyone likes to take photos of their cars, so we thought it would make it a bit easier for you to take some decent photos of your car once it's detailed. Yeah, and the last the last time we talked about cameras was in issue four, and that was a really popular article. We were involved with Jessops. We went over to Chepstow and took some photos of a lovely Lamborghini over at James's, and different James. And so this time, we've kind of approached it from different angles. We've thought, um, you know, I, I'm obviously into photography, have been, I'm a, I'm a car ball and a camera ball. Uh, Ian has now been getting much more into cameras and he is no longer solvent because he's been spending all his money on new camera equipment. And yes, yes, my, my, my funds have been completely deleted by buying DSLRs and various lenses and ordering stuff to be shipped over from Japan, which don't actually work properly, <laughs> but still provide some decent photographs. Overnight parts from Japan? Overnight, no, it was about two weeks. Oh. And then FedEx tried to charge me 16 quid, for, oh, oh, which oh. was then dealing with... Paying four pounds of VAT, which I promptly told them to um, sort off. So over overpriced parts from Japan. Then no, they were still really good. They're really, really cheap. Sigma lens is quite good. Yeah. So we've done that. Um, I don't know. Are we going to go ahead on the Lightroom article in this issue? Are we going to? Yeah, we're going to have a little bit of a look at post. I think that's cool. I've, I wrote an article on that. So even um, if you do take terrible photos, you can actually make them look better using something. You can get for the desktop fairly cheaply, or you can actually get for a mobile version for nothing. Yeah. Or free. Or free. Yeah. Lightroom is my favorite program in all the world. It is Lightroom Light on the phone, by the way, but it's yes. still mm. mega fun. Yes. And it's Lightroom Classic that we focus on, which is the desktop one as opposed to Lightroom, which is cloud based. So lots to talk about on cameras. In terms of detailing itself, we have done a pet hair test, which is interesting. So uh, if you own a dog, or if you've transported a dog, or if you're your spouse or child is particularly hairy, you will know the risks uh, in terms of to your carpet. Um, and we've been testing a mixture of built-for-purpose products and uh, the odd sort of old wives' tale and old sort of valetor's trick, if you like, to, to getting rid of them. So that'll be an interesting thing to learn about. We have got a new product featured in there, though, which is really cool. Um, Lily Brush were very kind, and they've sent us out their new pet hair card. Yes. Which is new to the market. I spotted it on Instagram. Yay for targeted uh, advertising. <laughs> advertising. Um, yeah, they were really kind to send us them out. So mm. um, that'll be really interesting because it's affordable, it's small portable so it would be really nice to see how that performs yeah and our methodology what's interesting we've got a carpet which is very similar to what you'd find in cars um and i've procured well i live with four dogs uh one of which is particularly white and particularly hairy and cheddy and stuff so what we're going to do is just use a light general anesthetic and then rub her through a series of sort of pulleys and levers over the carpet so that we've got a nice even matting across the carpet and it contrasts to the red carpet that we bought for it um um, and then we're going to blood, huh? It'll hide the blood. It does hide the blood initially until it goes brown. Ah. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a problem we'll get around to when it comes to it. So um, yeah, it'd be really interesting test, and we're going to be as scientific as we possibly can in the art of pet hair removal. Um, so what else are we looking at? Well, a quick run through of some of the rest of the things we've got. Uh, we're going to be looking at pH levels. So we went into something over at Labo Cosmetica, released a video a couple of months ago now, mm -hmm. uh, just going through. <laughs> Yeah. Our pH levels actually work, not just the uh, the myth. So we're going to be going into that in a bit more detail. Check it out on YouTube. Uh, we've got three videos from Labo Cosmetica, um, and hopefully we might be able to even wangle an interview with Marco of the the big character. We we chatted with him with a recorder running, uh, but we're yet to review that. Yeah, we um, 
going back to the Labo thing again, we, we, uh, when we went over to Italy back in January, we had a look around the, the whole Mafra and Labo facility. We're going to be going in a little bit more into that. Um, just for reference, Mafra, M-A-F-R-A, just in case we mispronounce that to mean something else. Yeah, loads of other bits and pieces going in. Uh, sections on bug removal. Uh, you went and looked at the uh, launch of Soft 99's new ceramic coating mm-hmm. a few yes. months back, didn't I you? got myself a certificate. It's called Kuditsu, and it's their new ceramic range. Kuditsu. And uh, there's lots of philosophy behind it, as well as science and learning. And it's going to feed, I think I'm going to go a bit more into the wider Japanese detailing product market, because they are fascinating in terms of the testing and legal requirements for their labeling on their products, not just from health and safety, but from performance point of view. If you say in Japan, this product can last 10 years, you have to prove that it will last 10 years before it goes on. Interesting stuff. We've got uh, an interesting article on the environmental impact of microfiber. Yes. How you, sh- you shouldn't flush your microfibers down the toilet anymore, apparently. I'm, no. I'm very sad about that. But yeah. It, it uh, means- the last one. No, no. No, that's, that's going on the next one. one. Yeah. We, we ended up bumping it from the last one, yeah. I think. So. Yeah, bumping it is the phrase, not dumping it. Dumping yeah. is, is, is um, something totally different. Loads of other bits and pieces. Uh, interviews. Blogging, interviews coming in. Uh, we have got uh, article on branding. So if you're looking to rebrand, a mm-hmm. uh, little bit of background on that, the graphic side of it. Uh, we're going to be looking into quality marks and what they actually mean. So your TUV marks, your CE marks, everything, what that actually tells you about a product. Yeah. Um, Interview-wise, I just want to put... Uh, word up we've got um hopefully as i say this is all kind of we're, we're, we've uh, got agreement and we've sent questions off and everything but hopefully kai from kamikaze collection over in japan and hopefully mike phillips um as well from america so we've got a very international thing if we combine that with marco from italy we've, we're, we're covering every continent apart from africa australasia okay not every continent but quite a few continents two of them at least yeah, yeah that's good. Least two. three um yeah. we've also got our a return of our wellness section. Um, we're going to do more focus on mental health, and I think it is even more relevant. Especially now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've all spent a lot of time at home. If, you, if you'd spent three months alone with me, then you'd need a little bit of a mental health check. Yeah. You need I've, been down. At, I, I've, I've been at home for three months with me. And I'm not sure I like me. Yeah, the, the weird thing is, though, I haven't noticed any difference to life, but that just tells me how socially distant I normally am. Yeah. To be honest. And you should stay two metres away from everybody. Yeah. That, that's strange enough. That, well, no, the court order said 100. Hang on, but... M's metres. <laughs> I'm, I'm using miles. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going uh, to have a look into wellness, well-being uh, again. Um, so, and yeah. we will have a new product section, obviously, which we're populating. We have created a uh, account. So getting the latest information from manufacturers is sometimes fun. So we've actually created a whole separate account and signed up to every single newsletter or spam cast or anything you like to call it from every single manufacturer that collectively we can think of. Um, so we're hopefully getting lots of up-to-date information coming just in time for print. Yep, so that's the news, that's the new hardware, the new product section. Uh, only thing's going to be lacking a little bit, I think, is the car care adventures, where we do our travels because that stopped briefly a couple of months ago for some reason, can't think why, and yes. uh, has yet to start again. It so. has yet to start again, and and to be honest, our own adventures around our own houses is probably can, not something we want to publish. Well, I, I, I can I can map the journey to the Asda Click and Collect and back, if you like. It's, uh, <laughs> so it's quite a long journey. I did take the scenic route, uh, but it was quick. Well, I put trousers on twice. They were adventures. Yeah. Well, he was taking it off. They were very sticky after a month and a half. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> 
the uh, mega test we are keeping under wraps for now. Yes, that's code. <laughs> um, obviously, as you can imagine, it's quite difficult to carry out a mega test with all staff in one place in a workshop whilst maintaining social distancing. So Zoom wasn't too happy. <laughs> it was yeah. difficult to Spine do. Polishes uh, at the computer. Our original idea of body massage oils for detailers just <laughs> isn't isn't going to work. Does it smell like bubblegum? <laughs> That's all I want to know. <laughs> Why did put it up there? <laughs> it stings. It's cherry flavour. I'll buy it. You don't know what it is yet. Doesn't matter. I just was lit on that. So, um, yeah, re- returning rapidly from there, uh, Megatest TVC. Um, anything else that we can think of? It's going to be jam-packed. I mean, it's going to be another 100-page special. Yeah. Um, and Hopefully it-, it will actually be out in time for... Uh- July. Yeah, it will be. In, well, it will be out in July by hook or by crook. Mm. Um, it's just unfortunate that you can't get it at Waxstock because Waxstock ain't happening. So you'll just have to order it online. We could always go to the Rico and just throw them off the roof. Well, there's a little plan to go to the Rico on the day that Waxstock was going to be on anyway, but I can't reveal that too much in public because otherwise uh, it, it won't be quite what we hope it will be. Not only that, we've got no idea if if it'll anything happen. can happen at the moment because everything's so fluid. Yes. I mean, I, for one, was disappointed that my one trip to Coventry in the year was cancelled. I'm devastated that I can't go to Coventry this year. I'll I'll, I'll find something else to do on that weekend. (laughs) It's the uh, air conditioning headache that I'll miss the most. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's us anyway. Yeah, I think that's that's it for podcast number three. Uh, Do be sure to join us for podcast number four if you enjoy it. If you don't, you know, no harm, no foul. And um, we shall continue talking about topics and detailing and cars and general tomfoolery. Until then, thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.